Cliff Central cameos on cliffcentral.com. Morning, everyone. We're very happy to be here. We're from the Consciousness Cafe. I'm here in the studio with Kiki. She's also a co-founder of Consciousness Cafe. We were here some... When was it, Kiki? It was a few months ago. Heritage Day. Huh? Oh? Yeah, I think it was Heritage Day. Yeah, no, we're very happy to be here again. And, and today we're just going to talk a little bit about our first birthday now that was on Saturday. Yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit about the guests that were there on Saturday and we're going to talk a little bit about the dialogues and what Consciousness Cafe actually does and, and the process of the dialogues. Because when we were here the very, very first time with Gareth Cliff, we were t- telling him about the concept and we're excited. And a year later, you know, we've done these dialogues and, we, and we're very excited to speak about those dialogues today. And we're also hopefully going to have um, Nicholas. Nicholas is a film director. He just... um He's produced an African drama series called Kingmakers. So we're going to have him here a bit later to speak about that. We're also excited to announce a new member of Consciousness Cafe, Claire. Unfortunately, she couldn't be with us today, but hopefully later we'll have um, a little message clip from her. Yeah, and hi everyone. Yeah, we're very happy to be here. And um, I just want to talk briefly about what we went through on Saturday because when Nicholas arrives, um, he'll be taking us through more detail on the Kingmakers film that he's put through. But that was part of our um, lineup for this past Saturday. Um, we had a really fantastic first birthday celebration. Um, so basically, we were pulling everyone together so that you know, they can see how far we've gone up to now and just to, I think, give life to the concept that we spoke about when we first came to Cliff Central, you know, yeah, it's, it hasn't been quite a year, but yeah, it's been quite a while. But, um, in this last year, we've really accomplished so many things on a personal, um, basis as well as with Consciousness Cafe. And we're just going to be taking you through all of that because it's been really an amazing year for us. And we'd just like to share that with you. And we'd also just like to, yeah, um, so that the next celebration that we have, you'll be able to join us. So hopefully by taking you through our very exciting lineup from Saturday, you will be um, intrigued. There's actually a lot of uh, contacts and links and collaborations to be made from that as well. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to a great show. Um, actually, on Saturday, we had a really great artist, Bungi Ziwe Mabandla, playing at, at, our, at our event. So we just want to play a song by him. Okay, a bit later maybe. <laughs> Alright, um, we'll, we'll have his songs a bit later. It's, it's, his name is Bongiziwe Mabandla and he actually sings, he's a very conscious, um, mm. songwriter and that's why he was actually at our event. He speaks about being conscious, being aware and that's, that's what Consciousness Cafe is about. If you guys, um, didn't know about Consciousness, Consciousness Cafe, we're just gonna speak a little bit about what we do. So basically Consciousness Cafe is a, is a platform. Um, for people to get together and talk about what really bugs them. So how we do it is that we have dialogues. So people get together and talk about what, you know, what they're really feeling and their emotions about a certain issue. So me and Kiki started um, Consciousness Cafe because we personally, you know, were grappling with the issues of race. We were like, people are not talking to each other, mm. but they're not telling each other what they feel. There's not a safe environment to tell people what they feel. So that's originally why we started it. But actually, the dialogues go beyond race. It depends what the people in the room want to talk about. Sometimes it's about xenophobia. Sometimes it, the last dialogue was about fear. How do we overcome our fears? So the topics, you know, go beyond race, but that's, that's where it started. It started with us wanting to talk about race to each other in an honest way because we often talk about race 
to each other in an ugly way mm. over Twitter, over social media, and we aren't honest with each other. And we just, that's what the dialogues are for. That's what the safe space is for, for people to be able to express those feelings so that they come out because it takes energy to keep things inside. Mm. It takes a lot of energy. And I think also just to add to what Anisha is saying, apart from taking energy, I think it also takes away so much that could happen, you know, so much potential that can come out of being able to have an open relationship with one another across our different races. Um, South Africa is, is, you know, a nation that's supposed to celebrate, you know, and we call ourselves the rainbow nation. But we found that, you know, it's more a concept, you know, than a real thing that we're actually living in, in, in our, in our, Times in our current times, and although we find you know pockets of of this rainbow nation ideal that we want to live with, we we find that it's actually so far from you know what we hoped it would be. And you know what, in dialogues when we've had different dialogues, because we always have different sets of people that are there, and we have we sometimes have people that are you know you know Germans or you know people that are Portuguese or people that haven't always been in South Africa, and you know they sometimes say that you know. 20 years is a, is a, is a short time, you know, we're a young democracy, so we shouldn't expect that so many changes would have happened in the short space of time. But I think that doesn't take away the frustration that people feel in their everyday engagements where, you know, race is always an issue and it's always a, a, a thing that comes up. And, um, we've just, we've basically been through, I think, seven dialogues this year and they've been amazing. Um, all of them have been really, really amazing. And um, there were a lot of key uh, things that came out of each and every dialogue. And some of the things that people spoke about were, you know, like Anisha was saying, you know, fear. And, you know, one, 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 one dialogue that I specifically enjoyed was one that was hosted at Constitution Hill, where people were actually talking about how difficult it is to live in South Africa today because you have this layer of how things are supposed to be and how you've been drummed to see things. But um, actually, that's not how we want them to be. All of a sudden, you've got to switch yourself. You have to switch your mind to be in a, a certain way. So they were talking about unlearning the behaviors of South Africans because the reason why race as a construct has thrived in this country is because, you know, it's been drummed in our brains. Like if you're white, if you're black, this is what you should do. And this is how black people are. This is how white people are. And that is a constant thing that we're walking around in society with. And that's what we give each other when we relate to one another. And I think that was so key, you know, about unlearning th that behavior and and, you know, and, and it also makes sense of why it's such a challenge for us to overcome the racial divide that we have in this country. Um, I know as well that we do have lots of stories to celebrate. You know, a lot of people like saying, you know, the younger generation, for example, you do see mixed uh, race couples. You see a lot of that stuff going on, which is great. And we'd love to see more of that for us to also feel that, you know, this ideal that we want of the Rainbow Nation is actually something that we can expect to happen sometime in our lifetime. Yeah. I think, yeah, and, and also part of what Consciousness Cafe is about is not only the dialogues, but also, you know, introducing consciousness through other ways. So also through music, through art, because people respond to different things. So, mm. you know, you could come to a dialogue, you might, you, your perceptions might change, or you might listen to a piece of music or see a, a work of art and your perceptions can also change. Uh, maybe on that note, we, we can, um, play something by Bongiziwe Mabandla. He's, as I said, he was also at our event on Saturday, a beautiful conscious artist. And if you listen to, to the words, if you listen to where the music comes from, um, it's, it's beautiful music. 
Cliffcentral.com. Hi everyone and welcome back. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the music as much as we did. Actually, we were having such a great time on Saturday. Um, Bongizwe is just fantastic on stage. He's got such a presence and he's just a really, really amazing performing artist. And, you know, that was just one of the highlights of the evening. We had so many other things that, you know, went, that we, um, we incorporated into our one year celebration. For example, we had Lise, the comedian who was hilarious. I mean, she had everyone in stitches. It was really amazing and, and lots of fun. And we also had um, Sabel Losoko, who we actually have been on Cliff Central with before, who did a few poems for me last uh, for us last time that um, we not the last time I think a couple of shows before mm. that he was with us. Um, and then we also had um, Herman Funk, one of our fellow N and I facilitators in training, who took us through the important the importance of critical uh, conversations and. We also had wonderful representation from some of our dialogue participants where um, two people just came on stage to say how the experience of being part of the Consciousness Cafe was for them. And um, just to to go back to what they said specifically, um, and just remember in Sandile, one of our participants was talking about how it was such a wonderful experience to be in a space where you could be heard and where things that you usually don't um, want to talk about or even think about were able to be spoken and to be said out loud and how that felt, you know, to be received. And, you know, even though some of the things that come out in dialogues are uncomfortable, um, having a space, a safe space where you can share those things actually makes you uh, able to see those things differently and think differently about those things as well. Um, and Trag also had um, uh, input on the dialogue and he was just saying that, you know, it exposed him to so many other things or so many other realities. Um, we miss out on other people's realities when we just, you know, in our circles and we just go in, you know, whatever spaces that we go to all the time with the same people, we, we actually lose the privilege of having a, a, a different perspective. And I mean, even on the day that he was present for the dialogue, that's what he said. So um, just this is just from two participants. And I, I mean, I, I don't even know how many participants we've had. I know in about three of our dialogues, we had well over 20 people in mm-hmm. attendance. So, um, yeah, just, I mean, if anyone, you know, wants to send us questions or anything about the whole dialogue process and how it works, um, please feel free to do that and we can talk some more about that. And just to, to, to add, like, about, about the dialogues, cause people often wonder that I haven't been to the dialogues. They're like, yeah, so you guys sit around and you talk and you talk about race and you talk about xenophobia and you talk about fears, but then, you know, so what, you know, you talk and talk and talk. We all are talking actually in this country. But you know, so what? You sit there and talk. And that's one of the beautiful things I think, you know, about the, about the dialogues is they actually have no objective. We mm. don't go there with an objective. Even the topic, the people that are there decide what they want to talk about. And ha- not having an objective is actually beautiful because it creates a space where people don't feel, they don't feel forced to get to us, to get to a place. And it actually happens organically or it doesn't happen organically. And the whole point is that the dialogue doesn't stop when the dialogue stops. You know, after that dialogue, the dialogue continues. And it's amazing to see what people then talk about after the dialogue or what it sparks. Or one of the dialogue participants said, you know, after the dialogue, she went home and she had this conversation with her parents about, you know, activism because she was a student, she's a student at FITS and she wanted to be involved in the, in the fees must fall. And her parents were very, 
you know, ah, oh, you can't go there. Look what's happening. People are violent, you know, and, and she was, she was afraid to confront her parents and, and hearing other people's stories about how they overcome their fear, you know, gave her the energy to actually confront her parents about that. So sometimes it does result in action. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it sparks another dialogue. So the beautiful thing about the dialogues is that, yeah, they don't have an objective. And the the, the dialogues continue even after the actual dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that, um, Anisha. Um, you know, part of, I was talking through about what we've been through and there's, uh, I didn't mention like another main part of the evening, which was an address by Professor Seth Cooper, who's been like a constant support and mentor for us with Consciousness Cafe. And he had such amazing content in his speech on Saturday as well. And I think for, the, you know, it, it had such a different, um, you know, a different focus from what, what we had or what he was saying last year. And I think it's also as a result of maybe seeing how far we've come, you know, and out of the, it might be a few people that we've affected in some way, but you know, the, the reigning message that always comes out is about accountability and active citizenship and basically, you know, being responsible for the corner of wherever you are and what you have to do in that. Um, like Anisha was just talking about, you know, the girl who, who was talking to her parents about activism. I mean, I think we, we've been allowed in society and maybe even more so in South Africa to kind of go around, you know, following instructions and doing things in the way that it's expected without really putting our stamp and our assertion and our, you know, our conviction behind the things that we do and the things that we say. And I think, um, you know, Professor Seth Cooper just talked beautifully to that because he was, he was talking about how necessary it is for us to, to, to take more responsibility in, in this country because we aren't, you know, we, we can't just rely on our leaders and, you know, our leaders are letting us down and we can't just keep pointing fingers about what they're doing wrong when we are not doing anything and complaining is not, making any movement, you know, towards a change and that, you know, we are at a place in our society where actually the change that needs to happen needs to come from all of us. And I mean, that's a huge task, you know, it's a huge responsibility to take on, but the reality is that we need to do that if we really so unhappy in, you know, with the state of affairs and we need to make our leaders aware of that. We need to, we need to be active in, in our own destinies and that, and those of our children. Yeah, and I think, um, Kiki, I mean, just for us as well as a, you know, from a personal journey, like we're saying Consciousness Cafe was one year old on Saturday and just, you know, from a personal, where this journey started for me also, I mean, I was really like in a hole. I was feeling like there's so many issues. Our education system is a mess. Wow. Unemployment, the inequality. I was feeling really heavy and down. And I think there's there's a lot of people that can identify mm. with that. Like, gee, wow, these things are so huge. There's capitalism, there's inequality, there's all this stuff. Like, And you end up retreating into a bubble because you just don't know how to handle it. And, I, yeah, I just want to share that personal story because for me, like starting something. And we know Consciousness Cafe and the, and the platforms that we create are just one way. Mm. And that's why we're saying there's art, there's movies. There's, I mean, films, there's, there's so many other ways that, that you can become conscious and become engaged and feel like you need to take action. It's not only the dialogues, but start something, mm-hmm. whatever you feel that, I mean, me and Keke started this from a race issue. Like mm-hmm. I was saying, we were frustrated with people, you know, not talking to each other across race groups. So whatever issue is that's bugging you, 
you know, then take it forward in whatever mm. big or small way because that's how, you know, that's how the country is going to heal. Mm. I mean, we've got a beautiful, beautiful country with so many people that want to do so much, but we kind of feel stuck. And that's how I felt. And I didn't know what to do. And starting this consciousness cafe and starting to, to do the dialogues and if you affect one or two or three people in your community, in your family, it just, it's, it's a way and it, and it kind of, it just moves, mm. nah? It like one person, I know it sounds idealistic, but that's really what happens. Like mm. it's really, you see people in the dialogue and I've seen it and it just gets you out of that hole because I think a lot of us are stuck there where I was in that hole. We're like, what can I do? These things are so, so huge. Yeah. And I mean, when Anisha is saying that, I'm just remembering something else that Professor Seth uh, was talking about. Um, he talked about internalized oppression and how it plays out in different ways in our society and how, you know, xenophobia is, is a portion of that and how even the leadership and, you know, the challenges we're facing with that is, is, is a form of that. And, you know, as much as it's deep and, you know, stuff that we don't really want to engage and talk about, it's reality and it's coming out, you know, in different ways that are not benefiting our society. And, you know, he's a psychologist um, and he was saying, you know, yes, you know, countries are sick countries. And he was saying that, you know, South Africa is a particularly sick country. And the reason, uh, you know, why he sees that, I mean, obviously in his, in his, in his work, he sees that all the time. But I mean, I just thought it was so valuable for him to tell us that. So, you know, to acknowledge that, that we're sick, you know, as a country, it takes away the responsibility of almost feeling like, you know, it's your responsibility or you're the sick one to feel a certain way about the issues that we face in our country. And we come across so many issues, you know, our dialogues haven't always been about race. I mean, I remember we had one on Women's Day and that one was about, you know, women and, and what it means to be a woman in this country and the challenges that women face. You know, and a lot of stuff came out there as well. And I mean, another dialogue was talking about xenophobia. And, you know, and we had such beautiful, beautiful things said of this country from, you know, the dialogue participants that were not originally South African, but are African. And I mean, I think, you know, the way that we deal with those things in our country are a big, you know, sign of our sickness. You know, I mean, xenophobia shouldn't be happening. You know, Africa is such a beautiful, beautiful continent with so much to offer and we could be benefiting so much from it if we were working together. You know, I mean, uh, they were talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, not having a passport, you know, to travel in, in, in Africa. And, you know, as I say this, a lot of things could be coming into your head. I mean, oh gosh, then everyone's going to come to South Africa, then what? But, you know, we were laughing about this at another meeting we had actually in the last week about how People in South Africa tend to forget that they're in Africa, you know, and how they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I have to go to Africa. You're like, eh, are you not in Africa at the moment, you know, and um, it, it just shows that there's so much segregation and separation, even, you know, to ourselves, you know, and that's also what internalized oppression is about, you know, not being able to identify each other, that we actually a common being, we are common people, you know, we shouldn't be fighting for for I, I know that the, the the economies are you you know the 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 Gini coefficient and all of those things are affecting how we approach one another and why we don't have this bro- brotherly love for one another. But I mean, the truth of the matter is, we actually do not have all these uh, uh, you know 
these prejudices are actually not factual. We don't have these things that we put up against each other and say about each other and put in front of ourselves and prevent us from connecting with each other. We don't actually have anything mm. tangible to make as if those things are real and that we shouldn't be connecting because of them. And I just think there's just so much potential, you know, across races, across countries within Africa, even globally. I mean, I think humans are humans are humans and you know i just think africa is a continent i i don't know i'm obviously biased because i'm you know a south african and i'm living here but i just think we are an amazing amazing const- continent we've been through hell you know with so many things colonialism all the wars that are still continuing and i just think that you know if we didn't have all the setbacks that we have as a as a continent i don't even i can't even imagine how far we can go and how much potential there is and you know i just i wish actually for us that we that we start working together to realize those potentials because that's what we need to do to get anywhere oh and wonderful nicholas just walked in who is also um he was part of our saturday celebration he took us through his amazing um piece um king makers um which has been, uh, I think it was uh, set in four countries. And he's going to tell us more about that because I'm obviously not doing justice to it. (laughs) But that will be after our break. I am the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold, we are one. This is CliffCentral.com. Download the Cliff Central app, available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Hi guys, welcome back. So as Kiki was saying, we have Nicholas Bevany in the studio. Thanks, Nicholas, for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me. Thanks. So Nicholas um, spoke about his um, the new African drama series, Kingmakers. He spoke about it um, at at the event on Saturday. So Nicholas, um, just to to speak a little bit about it, how how did this uh, series come about? Can you just talk to us about, you know, where the inspiration came from? What is it? What is it about, actually? Okay, well, I'll tell you. First of all, what it's about. Kingmakers is a drama I created and uh, directed. It tells of a story of a fictitious country called Kurumbi. The president supposedly dies in Western governments, the UK, French, and America, and their clandestine operators vie to to control the economic status of the country by putting their person in charge in this fictitious country, so they can still benefit from the resources. Mm-hmm. So, a kind of parallel. What happened during Africa before and after independence? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds heavy. <laughs> it's, it's serious, man. It's yeah. serious, yeah. And what's the format like? Like, how how is the format? It's, so it's a series, right? So it's a series. It's thirteen episodes, twenty-four minutes each. And um, I was really fortunate to use an array of. I mean, my thing was to use to use actors from all over the continent. And to bring kind of like Africa together on this series. So I had like Nollywood actors, had English actors, also had actors here from South Africa. So you had the, your very well known Pamela Nonvetti, um, making a return to the screen, which I was very, very fortunate to, uh, to work with. 
Mm. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I just, um, you know, it's, you actually walked in at such a great moment because we were talking about, you know, xenophobia and, you know, being conscious about actually how that shouldn't even be happening. And I just wanted to hear, you know, your, your take on, you know, us being Africa, the continent, and even the work that you're doing and why we even wanted you to be part of our Celebration as Consciousness Cafe this past weekend. You know, like what is your, your take on that? Yeah, I find it very interesting because um, I think Africa, well, South Africa is the youngest mm. of all the countries. It just got its um, independence 20 years ago. I says it's very, so it's very young. Um, I remember I was here when the xenophobia thing was was at its height and mm. people were scared for me in the UK saying, come, <laughs> <laughs> come home, come home. And I remember I was driving to Soweto and I felt slightly, for the first time, slightly scared. Mm. Um, but when I got there, the the love that South Africans have got, mm. it's not the majority, it really is the minority. And I think the problem I think I've come across, it's like, for instance, last week, you know, I, <laughs> when, when South Africans are on their travels, I say, where are you going? They say, I'm going to Africa. So they kind of eliminate themselves from the rest of Africa and even mm. trying to sell the series. Mm. Um, I think I spoke, spoke about it briefly at, mm. um, at your event when I was speaking with Mnet. And um, Mnet said, well, we, we really like the series, but we don't really see it for us. We see it really for the rest of Africa. Mm. I said, no, mm. wait a minute. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's that's the issue I think mm. I've come across. And I think um, South Africa has to really engage with mm. the rest of Africa. Mm. You know, and um, the xenophobia is people, I mean... I think when you're living in poverty, the, the person mm. you're going to blame is the mm. person closest to you. Yes. Mm. And that's the person that's running the stalls, the little mm. shops in mm. your township. Mm. And that's where they, that's going to be the first stop. But mm. the problem is much bigger than that. Okay, great. Um, you also talked about the, you know, the array of actors that you have on Kingmakers. Yeah. Um, and how is that? I mean, I can imagine, you know, you're working with a different set of people altogether and. Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I had some amazing Nollywood actors. I had a guy called Ken, Ken Smart, Colin Archie Pierce. Um, and to act in a Nollywood kind of genre, it's different. Mm. You know, it's very much, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a pantomime, I guess. So it's about, it's about containing that and putting it in a different kind of structure. Mm-hmm. And they talked to it really well. Some of the most amazing actors that are working with my English counterparts as well. Mm. Um, I always say South Africa's got some amazing talent, mm. some phenomenal talent. And I was really fortunate to work, like I said, with Pamela, but also with uh, Ronnie Nayakali mm. and Nolo mm. Perry and, they really came on board because this project was done independently. We had, we had hardly any money and a lot of these actors came on board because they knew the vision and where mm. I wanted to go with it. So it was, um, yeah, it was tiring. It was a, it was a journey, but you know, it's, it's one I wouldn't change. Okay. Yeah. And it's great that, um, you know, we were talking about that, like, you know, Kiki was saying earlier, wow, Africa, you know, we've got so much on this continent. We have so much to share. We have so many stories. And it's about getting those stories like you doing out there so that also perceptions change because we've been fed with a very, you know, a narrative that comes from somewhere, Mm -hmm. usually from the Western world and trying to get our stories out there. How has that been for you? I mean, you spoke a little bit about, you know, taking your stuff and, you know, people are like, no, this is, uh, you know, not for South Africa. It's for (laughs) African. I think that the, the problem is I South Africa needs to sell outside. Of mm. South Africa, mm. it's very difficult to sell South African product in mm. anywhere in Africa and even internationally. 
And so you always get one kind of um, film that breaks through and then you wait another 10 years. And after being on my travels and even meeting the youth, and I do a lot of youth development work here, the stories are phenomenal. Mm. They are mm. such an ama- and they're stories that need to get out. Mm. And I think um, with media, like you're saying, it's a kind of censored in a way. Mm. When we're watching TV, we're fed mm. what we need to watch. Mm. And I think it needs to go beyond that. I mean, mm. we need to be... And, and I think because we're li- living in the new technical kind of an era mm. it can get out you can make a film on your phone you can upload it mm. straight away and then that needs well when broadband comes to south africa <laughs> but um, 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 but well, when i've heard they started to lay the fibers in the streets so mm. when broadband comes mm. and it's really strong then south africa should really take off and people should be gearing up for that so um yeah stories can be told every mm. day and even from the devices in our hands we have to start breaking it down to that no and it's what we were saying earlier now like like, do what you can with what you have. Because we sit here often. You know, I was talking about my personal experience before, you know, doing the work with Consciousness Cafe. And we, we sit there and we think, gee, this stuff is heavy. It's big. You know, it's capitalism. It's inequality. It's the education system. Like, it's huge. And you sit there and you're like, what can I do? You know, you made a drama series. You yeah. make films. You know, whatever. Someone can start a dialogue in their community. It's definitely. about what can I do? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can start your mini blog from in the townships mm. and get it straight out there. I yeah. mean, there's um, there's so many ways now, and it's um, it's imperative, especially for him. Mm. Um, what I also wanted to talk about, you know, you spoke briefly to it about the narrative and you know owning. Mm. I think it's so important for Africans to own. Our narrative because yeah. we, you know, um, one of the dialogues we had actually, it was so heated because we, we couldn't get to the gist of what African history is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't even know where to start <laughs> about. So, I, I, you know, how was that experience for you? And I think it's a wonderful thing what you're doing because I think it owns directly to that. Yeah, I mean, um, doing the research for Kingmakers, it was my kind of own mm. thesis on African history. Mm. And I'm not even close you know, I'm just yeah. scratching the surface, yeah. you know, and I, it's mainly based on the aftermath of colonization. Mm. So, um, and I, I took it back from the basics of 1884, 1884 Berlin film, um, Berlin conference, mm. where you had all these kind of Western leaders around the table carving up that fat cake of Africa. And, and that was my, <laughs> that was my, my start really. Mm. But I'm not even close. And there is just so much and the richness and, um, mm. and, and they say, you know, to know your future, you have to know your past. Mm. And I, for me personally, I didn't know enough. Mm. And it is it's such a vast subject. Where do you start? And mm. that's where I took it from. Yeah. No, great. Thanks, Nicholas. That's really been great having you and also sharing. I just wanted to check where can people, you know, watch the series? Where can they get hold of? Okay, so we just got distribution. So after a year, a year of trying yeah. to sell Woo! this program, <laughs> so what I'll do is um, once it starts coming out, I'll mm. let you know what stations it will be on. And it'll probably be on in, in April next year. Okay. Oh, my, my idea is just to give it away for free, but I always, <laughs> I've always been told not to. But I would love to give some episodes away to you know, your, your listeners and, and people that follow you as well. Oh, amazing. Thank you yeah. so much, Nicholas. Is there anything else that you would like to add to, you know, to... My thing is keep going on with the work you're doing. It's so kind of, yeah, it's, it needs it. And we need to have this dialogue. And we, we need not to be censored. We need to speak our minds. We need to tell our stories. So, yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Nicholas. And thank you for your contribution. And we are looking forward to, you know, I don't know, doing more stuff together with Nicholas's um, uh, um, 
yeah, with with Kingmakers as well as Consciousness Cafe. So um, look out for that as you you know our Facebook page, and we also get Nicholas's details if you're interested in yeah. in more stuff around that. Um, thank you. Well, Thanks, thank you. Nicholas. Thank, thank you. you so much. Cheers. Good morning, Cliff Central. It's Claire Bell here, the latest member of the Consciousness Cafe team. Uh, I'm recording this in my garden, uh, so you can probably hear some birds singing. Sorry I can't be with you today, but it's my mum's birthday, and I promised that I would spend some time with her. Happy birthday, mum. Um, so Keki and Anisha wanted me just to tell you a little bit about myself and how I came to join the team. So I'm a writer and journalist, and... In 2010, I was awarded an Open Society Foundation Fellowship to spend some time in rural South Africa. And I was asking the question, what had democracy brought to the lives of rural South Africans? Now, I looked at the newspapers at the time, and it was just filled with stories of politicians, the establishment, the powerful, and all the corruption and crime. And I just felt myself thinking, what, what are ordinary people feeling and thinking? Um, so I, I was awarded this fellowship, and off I went, uh, a white woman alone in a bucky into the rural areas. And as I traveled, what I learned about myself, first of all, was that the reason I really was on that journey was I was trying to get close to the part of South Africa which I had been effectively separated from in my childhood. And still, as a white person, largely still felt separated from, not by society's rules anymore, but by our social rules, the way that we, things we put upon each other. Anyway, so as I spent three months in Ponderland and Timberland, what I discovered most of all, I was the ignorance in myself, the fear in myself, and the prejudice in myself. You know, coming face to face with very uncomfortable shadows of apartheid and an apartheid childhood. So that journey led me to write a book, um, which is entitled Lost Where I Belong. And that same journey led me to discover the No Name Initiative, which is how we've been trained. So the No Name Initiative, as um, Keke and Nisha have probably explained to you many times before, is a forum where we bring people together to have very honest and courageous and sort of you know, bear all conversations about the issues of a South African life, be it race, be it politics, be it social politics, relationships, culture, identity. You choose the topic. We help us talk about it. And I discovered No Name. I was blown away by its power to transform um, yourself, and you could see the transformation and the just the shift in consciousness of the people around you. Um, and I just wanted to train. So I trained. Um, I wrote about it. Keke and Anisha actually read the piece I wrote for Thought Leader, and they were completely inspired, and um, which was great. Yay. And uh, trained as well. And, uh, and then a couple of um, months ago, I had this idea of um, starting a pop-up cafe in Johannesburg, uh, a space where we could come together and have these really, you know, tough conversations in the city where I grew up, you know, in my home. And I had this idea where I could hold them at the African Freedom Station, one of my most favorite venues in the city, um, owned by Steve McQuenna. And then uh, I got hold of Keke and Nisha through sort of serendipitous means, and it turned out they already had the same idea. They were already doing it, and it was the Consciousness Cafe. Wow. Wow. It was like serendipity. So um, we connected, first of all, via Skype. And then a few months later, we connected in person here in Johannesburg. And it was love at first sight. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, we have... Um 
yeah, we've, we all three just share this passion and this commitment and uh, we all three have our own demons and devils to deal with. And it just feels great to have found some women, um, people who, uh, I can go on this journey with, we can go on this together. So yes, yeah, so the Consciousness Cafe, we had our first birthday party this Saturday night. It rocked. The party was full of artists, musicians, thinkers, community people, just people who you could see shared this vision. And uh, I just feel like we're at the, the cusp of a movement here. So as we said on Saturday night, um, join us, join us, join us. We can't do this alone. It's, it's exhausting. It's, in, it's inspiring. It's all these things. But we need other people to come and join us. And we'll train you and we'll get you going. So now you can probably hear in the background uh, the dogs being fed in the garden. <laughs> So I'm going to sign out and uh, go and spend the day with my mum. And I wish you all a brilliant day and hope to see you all at Consciousness Cafe events very, very soon. Cheers. Person, um, hearing her voice, which just made her here. You know, she's now in the room. So, yes, I'm just speaking to our newest member and, you know, the direction that Consciousness Cafe is following. Um, so it's uh, it's quite ironic. <laughs> Oh, I don't know how ironic. I don't know. But, um, you know, we've been talking about race issues in this country and, and all of that stuff and the stuff we have to walk around carrying. And uh, now Consciousness Cafe has, you know, a white member like Clay was speaking to. And it's it's quite, um, you know, a representative if you if you look at it in that way. <laughs> But I'm, you know, it's far, far, far more than that. And I think it's beautiful that Claire spoke about so many other points of connection that we have actually that has made our joining forces so much more beneficial than just having someone who's white on our, you know, on our side. And I mean, that in itself, like she's saying, you know, it's brought out its own demons and other things that we have to deal with as, you know, being previously, say, you know, a black collective, you know, or being or looking like that until, you know, we, we talk about what we, we do. I mean, I think a lot of the time people hear the word consciousness and then think black consciousness movement, Steve Biko, which is great. I mean, there's so much room for that. And we support, you know, other initiatives that, that are about that because I think it's so important, especially when you look at, you know, where black people are in this country and how much consciousness there still needs to be for black people. And, you know, us now having, you know, a white person as part of us has brought on, you know, other challenges and new things that we now have to look at and has challenged us, but has also brought so many wonderful other opportunities for us as well as a collective. And, you know, the thing about Consciousness Cafe, I mean, I think at its very core, it's about honesty and mm. we are not about glossing over anything. And I think rather than gloss over things, I would rather live in a very un comfortable silence about something that is there then you know act like it's not there and i think us having clear on our team actually forces us to do that so much more bravely and we need to move forward we need to move forward as as consciousness cafe and we need to be real about what we're trying to accomplish with consciousness cafe and having her with us is very very true to that mm, and just yeah just to add on that i mean it's beautiful that that what we what Consciousness Cafe as a collective is trying to do, and and the relationship between the three of us actually mm. is just a microcosm of, <laughs> of you know that stuff. Because I mean, I'm Indian, Cake is black, uh, Claire's white, and people are like, oh yeah, great representative team that you guys have. You know, like we collected <laughs> all of us together so that we could, and 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 it seems like that because in South Africa it's it's usually mm. you know let's get a black face in, let's get a white face in, mm. and it's about this pretty. Oh yeah, I've got um whatever a black friend, you know, I have lunch with her at work and we have a nice you know, we have a nice time, so therefore you know, it's these pretenses. And it, it's forced us to 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 look at 
actually, am I seeing KK, you know, she's black as a person? Can I look at her and say, you know, I see you as KK. I, I see you and, you know, you are mm. equal. And mm. can I see Claire as that or am I seeing her as better or because of my own inferiority complexes? Am I seeing what she's saying better or, mm. or more superior than what KK is saying? Mm. So we've had to deal with this amongst the three of us mm. and we see that you know we see what's possible mm. from that relationship and it's it's amazing and it hasn't been easy we're not saying it's easy but it's taken a lot of you know these uh, the uncomfortable conversations that we've had to had that we've had to had well between the three of us you know mm. and that's what we're saying there's something beyond that that discomfort there, there is something beyond it so mm. don't be afraid to go there mm. you know Sit in that discomfort because there's something that comes out of that, mm. and and that's what we're trying to do with the dialogues. Like you, you can't sit in your comfort. You can't sit having the same conversations. You can't listen to that other person, even when that other person is angry. Try to understand where that anger comes from. Don't retreat and oh, this is an uncomfortable conversation. Get into it because after that, there's something that comes from that, mm. and we can, you know, we can we can comfortably say that because we've also seen what is possible. Like mm. Claire said, also it's not. Easy, it's uncomfortable It's still uncomfortable for us We're still, you mm. know, moving through that process But it is possible yeah. So, and yeah And I think, you know, what Anisha is talking to also um, You know, it's the acknowledgement of how we appear to other people You know, as much as we have this truth that we're telling us about our relationship I mean, the bottom line is, you know How you appear to other people is also so important And it's something that we also have to take into consideration All the time Because we don't want to give a certain, you know Picture of who we are And have people actually be convinced That that's what we are and that's what we do We're just this representative organization Who's claiming or what doing this And and I think opportunities like, you know Coming on Cliff Central or, you know Engaging on our Facebook page or whatever, you know, during dialogues themselves, during our events, we'll always be speaking to this because it's so important. Um, you know, BEE has brought, you know, a lot of ugliness to whatever employment equity is supposed to be about and has actually, I don't know, in some ways, this is my personal opinion. I think, you know, it's retarded some of the transformation process as well in this country. And I mean, those are issues and topics that are there. They are alive and they are there. You know, when you appear as a collective and you are a white face and an Indian face and a black face of course people are going to you know have certain thoughts of that but I think you know the meaning and the depth behind what we're doing is so much more important and I think it comes out and I think all people need to do is just give the opportunity to continue giving the opportunity I think we've had such amazing amazing support and there's been such a thirst and a hunger for what we do and I just hope that you know the more that we are growing you know that hunger also grows because only through people actually being like Claire was saying you know join us you know find out how you can be part of this because it's so important we all need to be part of the change that we want to see happening in our society in our country and in our continent and i just think you know i don't know for me this this little piece of what we're doing is 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 a beautiful example of the possibilities that we have and i I don't know if anisha wants to yeah i just i just wanted to say like and i think for me it's just like i was saying earlier it's it's about doing what you can you know in your in your little space mm-hmm. whatever that is you don't have to start a huge organization or you know it's about doing what you can and and there's specific things that we all feel 
you know, passionate about that, that we want to do something about. And it doesn't matter what that is. If it's mm-hmm. about engaging people in race, then do that. If it's about, you know, making a beautiful piece of artwork that speaks to someone, if it's about making a drama series, um, like Linkless has done, then it's that, you know, mm-hmm. it's about doing what you can in that space. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, just, you know, guys, it, it, you can, we can get out of the hole, you know, we can't, we, we can get out of that space where, we're complaining and feeling like we've surrendered to something and it's despair and it's hopelessness. We can move forward from that. And we've seen so many people. There's so many people that want to do something. Mm. It's it's beautiful. There are so many people and we're all kind of stuck in our little corners and houses feeling that there's no one else like that. <laughs> and you'll come out because mm. we are there and there's so many of us. Yeah. No, definitely. And I'm, I'd just like to say, you know, pictures about Saturday's events are going to be up on our Facebook page sometime soon. We're just waiting for, for, for them from our photographer. So please, um, check out our Facebook page to see, um, how we went on Saturday and also to see anything else that's coming up. Our next dialogue is going to be on the 5th of, uh, of December in Soweto because we are about actually touching everybody and not just having these, you know, middle class conversations in certain spaces. So please, um, you know, yeah, like we keep saying, join us, join us, uh, send us an email, drop us a text, whatever the case may be. We are ready and open and willing to have all kinds of engagements. And yeah, at this point, I'd just like to say. Cliffcentral.com. Thanks guys for having us on the show and thanks listeners for also giving us an opportunity just to speak about the work that Consciousness Cafe does. And yes, like Kiki said, join us. Yeah, um, thank you everyone and enjoy the rest of your Monday and the rest of your week. Thank you. This is Cliffcentral.com.